Ladies and gentlemen, I want to welcome you to a podcast by Conservative Avenue, syndicated across the internet and all sorts of other things. And I am currently delaying because for some reason the itinerary or whatever you call it for a podcast is not loading. Oh, there it is. So anyway, uh, let's see here. Um, we have a few topics for this episode. Uh, we're uh, So the midterm election. Okay. But first of all, this midterm election, it's pretty pretty important, okay? About as important as any other election that's out there. We already know this, but not many people do. Uh, I would say it's a little bit more important than maybe a couple other elections that we've been through, mainly because that we were actually making progress now, and this is the choice of whether or not we actually want to keep on making positive progress in this country, or you want to just uh, get in the way of many of our uh, elector... What is it? If you want to get in the way of... uh, the actual economic progress that is being made. That is totally up to you, not something I really, um... That's something that I really don't like. If you do not like our economy, just leave. (laughs) Anyway, I'd say it's your civic duty as an American citizen, as a legal American citizen. If you're an illegal American... If you're illegal, okay, you're not allowed to vote. Sorry, you're not a legal citizen. But... If you are a legal citizen, it is your civic duty to, I I say it's your civic duty, it's not actually demanded of you, but I would say it's a civic duty to go and vote, because it helps contribute to the republic that we are currently in. Anyway, the Democrats are promoting the hell out of themselves. It's pretty crazy. Uh, All of their, especially the media, they're saying, oh, look at our polling numbers. It's unlikely that there's going to still be a GOP majority in Congress. Ooh, there's a blue wave. Uh, that's about it. <laughs> yeah. And um, I'm not really certain about this blue wave because the numbers are about as identical as the Trump numbers when they said Trump was going to lose the White House. Not good. Not good for them. Um. The election cycle is important, because, but not in the way the Democrats would have you believe. And the reason that is, is because they're trying to tell you that if you elect them, you'll get all this free stuff, or all this Medicare for all, social justice, oh my god, I can't believe Trump is letting this happen, oh no... <laughs> Or Trump is just letting you be a free person and dealing with your own problems because it is not the government's problem to, to deal with in the first place. But, you know, um, and they, they, the thing is, though, is that with these with the economic growth that we're having, the, uh, the, it's really hard for them to deny it. OK, and that is what brings me into this here snippet from your one and only Bernie Sanders. They cannot deny the economic growth. On, the, on, the paper, on paper and in practice, not in practice, in reality, we're having great economic growth. There's a lot of consumerism going on. There's a lot of people making money, a lot of people spending money. It's economic growth. But not for Bernie Sanders. He released a video. Oh, didn't mean to do that yet. He released a video, says Donald Trump likes to talk about, in quotation marks, booming economy. A booming economy. This is not a booming economy when you have people working two or three jobs making eight dollars an hour just to put food on the table. <sighs> and then she has this 
she yeah bernie's a she he has this poor woman if i can even call her a woman i really don't know at this point i'd probably get ostracized for assuming her gender but who cares um it says so this is this is her story i have to let's see here let's uh let's move this here like this so you guys get a better understanding what's going on what the hell is wrong with this? Trump goes around saying unemployment is low. This economy is booming. We have the greatest economy that we've ever had. But if you are making eight bucks an hour, that is not a booming economy. Only about your employment situation. So for seven years, I was employed at eight dollars an hour. I made twelve thousand dollars every year raising a child. Seven years. I worked overnights while I went to school and raised my child. Okay, making. This is the story. See what drives me a little bit nuts. This is the story of the American economy. Billions and billions and billions of people. Right, okay, so he's like, <laughs> this is the story that drives me crazy, you know? I think you're already a little bit crazy, Bernie. Just putting it out there. But anyway, seven years you've been working eight dollars an hour. And you haven't found the, the the initiative to get a raise or to switch jobs. Hold on, let's see. Let's hear her explain it better, not to Bernie, and so we can actually have a clear picture of what's actually happening. Seven years since I was 17 years old, I made eight dollars an hour working at a facility for adults with autism. I really didn't ever receive a pay raise. I have a five-year-old daughter that I had to raise off that eight dollars an hour, which meant I went into a lot of credit card debt. <laughs> So, what I have gathered from this so far is that she is 17 years, she was 17 years old, which is about the time most teenagers have their first job, right? That was about the time I had my first job. Um, I got $10 an hour because, you know, I kind of worked a little bit harder, apparently. She did work at an autism center, which is great. You know what? That is great. God bless you. But... If you did not find it upon yourself to actually take initiative and try moving up the ranks, that is not anybody else's fault except your own. Second of all, seven years you didn't come through the kind of the idea. The just oh, maybe I should get a raise. Ah, maybe I should like ask for a promotion. Maybe I should apply for a promotion. You know, there's something called internal job openings. When somebody leaves, that's an opening. And if they get paid more. Why in the world would you not apply? Oh, man, that is... Anyway, let's hear. Let's hear this. She... She has more things to talk about, guys. I recently became a community organizer because you activated me. You got me involved. Good. <laughs> Volunteering for Bernie was practically a full-time job from 2015 until the election. And now I work as a community organizer, making decent money to help activate other people like Bernie activated me. I'm So... You did something that happens in capitalism all the time. You found a better paying job now i'm not gonna say you should have gotten some welfare because you did have a child because you were making not a lot of money but the thing is though 
The fact that you weren't making a lot of money is no one else's fault except for your own. And you're, I can't believe this, that Bernie's using this poor woman as an example as why you need to vote for socialism, why you need to vote for these people. <sighs> it's just stupid. You guys know this. You guys know this by now. It's just, I'm just basically highlighting the people in the loony bin. Very hopeful. I hope JD wins because we have got to get rid of Steve King. Steve King is awesome. Even another year with Steve King. The gentleman next to me is JD Shulton, who is running for Congress here in the fourth district. Oh yeah, the Nelson. <laughs> they also give you give this guy the plug in their uh, in their advertisement. It's really fun. It's really nice to listen to how there there's great unity in the Democratic Party. Against one of the most reactionary members of the U.S. Congress. In these town halls, it's easy to talk about Steve King. Are you comfortable, Congressman, with providing $1.6 billion of taxpayer money, not from Mexico, to build that wall? Absolutely, yes, and more. And I'd throw another $5 billion on the pile. But we don't. Hell yeah. We mostly talk about issues. I talk initially about how we need a healthcare system that works for all of us. We actually do have a healthcare system that works for all of us. There was a, there's two competing healthcare systems in our economy currently that is the nationalized healthcare system which has uh, increased the um, premiums by well over 50 percent for most americans and also has uh, made it harder for them to find actually comprehensive care they couldn't keep their doctor and further than that um he was just a huge failure failure the other healthcare system otherwise known as the capitalist healthcare system actually costed less than the nationalized healthcare system and it provided better quality care I know. Sorry. Wouldn't you rather just have the capitalist system again like we'd had before? <laughs> I, I sure would. <laughs> Man. I really don't want to get Medicaid, dude. The senator has an idea on it, and I like it. You're supportive of Medicare for Yeah. We talk about an economy that works for all of us. I'll never forget. An economy that works for all of us. We already have one. It's called capitalism. It really works for you, though, if you actually work. <laughs> just, just putting that out there. Oh, the emergency food shelf. Why is it so hard to understand? It's like nobody put a microphone on Bernie and told him, hey, you have to speak up a little bit more than... Like, dude, what the hell? <laughs> The people who go to the food shop work. Yeah. yeah. It's not like they're unemployed or they're disabled or they have no income. They have income. They work. They don't make enough money to provide for their family. That doesn't shock you. No. Okay, so he's trying to say that these people who go to the food shelters for food... <sighs> They don't make enough money to actually get food. And the, his argument is, is that these people do work and this is why we need welfare. I'm like, and, uh, this is me sitting here again saying, if these people are still making the same amount of money I am making every year, maybe it's time for them to figure something out. I am 18. If you're in your 20s or 30s, there might be something you need to change about how you're approaching life to make more money. Just maybe, like, I don't know, work ethic, maybe going back to school and getting a degree, maybe moving up the food chain a little bit. I don't know. Figure it out. It is not our problem, and it definitely sure as hell is not the government's problem if you are being irresponsible about your career. Oh, that's the end of it. Okay. Okay, we're done. I didn't I see I didn't really wanna 
And it was funny. It was a lot of stuff going on. It, I was like, I was looking, reading through the uh, tweet comments and stuff like that. It was pretty fun. Anyway, uh, they cannot deny the economic growth. There's still economic growth there. Although he says, oh, because this one woman has not received a raise or anything for seven years. It, this is not a booming economy. See, this is exactly what I mean. They just they just attack you for believing in a booming economy. So anyway, uh, next topic, pipe bombs. Now, there's actually been more threats than I have uh, recently um, known about, but uh, there have actually been some threats against GOP members, too, as well. Although the media has not been covering that to its fullest extent because, you know, it does not fit their whole... The Republicans are doing this agenda. So anyway, um, somebody is issuing a lot of threats. And let's see here. I got to do something. Uh, there we go. Okay. So somebody is issuing a lot of threats towards a lot of Congress people and former president and secretary of state Hillary Clinton and former president Barack Obama. And they're sending pipe bombs and anthrax and all this other stuff. And here's here's the here's the thing. These people need to be found. These are subhumans that should not exist, and they need to be found now. These are people that we need to bring to justice. No matter what political party they are part of, no matter what side of the spectrum they're on, it does not matter. They need to be found, arrested, and tried in court. That's it. These are horrible people. They should be found. Anyway, here's my topic for the day. Mostly uh, something that socialists would totally disagree with. And that would be the value of human labor. I touched on this yesterday a little bit in my whole open-minded, uh, no script or anything like that sort of uh, me just rambling on. If you listen to that, I'm really sorry. It was probably very cringy. Um, anyway, uh, increasingly in our country, outsourcing and automation has been replaced, replacing low-level jobs in the United States. And you can see this quite clearly in some jobs where, uh, you know, they just have a self-checkout lane or there's a self-order kiosk like at mcdonald's and stuff like that okay so anyway here's some bullet points i have down here on this piece of paper that's not actually a piece of paper it's my phone <laughs> uh, democrats say this is inevitable and if you vote for them they will give you free education welfare and all sorts of other benefits to get past the said low level jobs so oh man i already messed up here um so anyway, uh, that's how, so the Democrats say this is inevitable, that these low-level jobs are just going to disappear. The thing is, though, as far as I'm concerned, low-level jobs would actually still be there and require still low-level jobs. There's always going to be a low-level job. You cannot replace it. You're just going to make it, you're just going to decrease the amount if you keep on increasing the amount of automation there actually is. And here's, here's the real thing that I really really don't think is a good idea is using socialism or statism is a as a solution because socialism or statism is actually the cause these philosophies or economic models devalue the worth of human labor which means basically they're going to automate it at the low-level jobs because the human labor isn't worth these low-level jobs because it's too expensive they make the value lower for labor. And it's, it's easy because it's uh, labor, human labor in the U.S. is unmatched. Wow. I had a typo here and I can. <laughs> 
Human labor un- is unmatched in intellect. No matter any automation, humans are more intellectual and better problem solvers. It also makes them more creative and easier for a customer to relate with a human than a machine just going beep bop. Picking up drink, putting on table, picking up drink, putting on table, picking up drink, putting on... You know what I mean? So, human labor is... You're never you're never going to get to the same level. A computer cannot replicate human intelligence. It's impossible. You could try your best, but it's still just going to be a bunch of math equations. <sighs> anyway, these low-level jobs in America are crucial to... America's success. And the reason that is, is I, I know no one wants to work at a low-level job, but it's vital in getting an understanding for working environments and developing a work ethic because it prepares younger generations for their future in the workplace. Now think about this. You get your first low-level job, this woman in that video, for instance, working at like McDonald's or like an, or a community outreach center for autism or anything else like that. Great job. But the thing is, it is not supposed to be a permanent career, you're supposed to work your way up. And trust me, there are plenty of jobs out there that you could find that pay more. But you just did not want to do it. You just wanted to say, I'm a victim. And that's about it. The reason these low-level jobs are very, very important also is because the low le- these low-level jobs keep the human element of business alive, allowing for a more creative and a fun environment, too. Like, sometimes you've probably met some fun people working at a job, right? Like a low-level job. Like, some people at, like, a small business or whatnot, they're pretty fun people to talk to, you know? McDonald's is a great example where minimum wage is too high. So, uh, like, I went to, um, I went to Canada, Okay. And I was surprised by the fact that nobody actually took your orders up front. You actually had to go to a kiosk and enter your order. And then if you paid cash, you had to go up to the cash register and wait for somebody from the kitchen to come back and take the cash and then go back and start cooking again. They literally minimized the staff to the point where they did not have to pay for human labor until it was absolutely necessary. And that's and it's because the, the minimum wage in Canada is too damn high. They couldn't afford it. McDonald's could not afford doing it. So uh, they just built some kiosks and boom, you don't need any manning the cash register full time. And Best Buy's business model, I work at Best Buy, this is like a plug for them almost, but I really think it's actually some, a really good example. Best Buy's business model is successful because of human interaction. And the reason that is, is because Amazon, as you guys all know, doesn't have any trained specialists ready to assist you. Best Buy, on the other hand, not only has a has them ready to assist you, but likely has the product you're looking for in a store locally. The only thing is, though, that you probably don't want to go out. You just want to wait for a day at your house? Why? Anyway, this encourages people to get out more and have interactions with human beings. But think about this. The value of human labor to Best Buy could not be too high. They've been hiring people and they've been actually training them, me included, on products that are available and we don't actually make commission. And the great cool, the really cool part about it is, is that, well, these people are trained in how to help you find what you need. This is human interaction. These people can apply like, oh, so this person has this square foot house. Okay, so this is the kind of router you'll need. What kind of internet access do you have? Here's this. Or for me, for instance, it's like, hi, 
what kind of camera do you have right now? Oh, this is the kind of camera. Okay. Uh, what are you looking to do with your new camera? What do you kind of lenses do you have right now? Do you have any brand preferences? What kind of what kind of pictures are you taking? Are you taking like nighttime photos, daytime, a lot of video, a lot of photo, and you get a good feel for what they need, and you recommend them a lot of cameras that fit their description, and then they get to choose from the selection of cameras that you provided them, and then you actually get to show them, hey, try out this camera. We actually have this camera on display for you to try out. Like, Wow! Something Amazon does not do. Amazon just looks at your search history like beep it up, beep boop up. Here's a recommended list of cameras that probably has absolutely nothing to do with what you want. Anyway, crony capitalism. Oh no! Or corporatists and corrupt leftists want you to be subjected to being independent, not independent, dependent on a system that doesn't allow you the chance to work your way up the food chain. And the reason that is is because low-level jobs are essential to moving up in the world. And if they destroy these low-level jobs, you're destroying the necessary experience required for you to start working up the food chain. That is how it works. And sometimes, and like usually... Because machines just instantly learn their programming. They don't instantly learn like actual experience. Uh, humans are inher- inherently require a higher investment at first, but you get greater returns for quality after a while. And the reason that is because humans are actually intelligent beings. So using automation to create more stuff, aka quantity, lowers the quality of products. If you've never noticed this, but like mass-produced products from China, for instance, they are pretty cheaply built. But if you get a not-so-mass-produced product from like Germany or Switzerland, like a Swiss watch, or like, you know, like Rolex or Omega, or you get like, um, like a German-built car, even now American cars are getting up there in quality, but like... You realize that, like, the lower the quantity, the much higher quality. And so, just saying that you're going to lower quality if you use socialism and you're going to get poor stuff, poor built stuff. And it ter- and in turn, this makes company uh, the company lobby for socialist agendas because they will get subsidized for creating these products at lower prices or even free things. And the thing is, though, that it also, when they build these low-quality items they have to pay pay barely nothing for the profit margins they are making so this is pure corporatism and crony capitalism at its finest this is completely anti-capitalist and you're in, in just basic sense so anyway that's uh this is also another reason why um democrats uh usually opt for the uh, whole socialism thing and then we also have an article from the hill the hill uh, really had tip to them they they actually took the time to uh, put together a thingamajig and if i can find it where did i put this stupid thing there it is Okay, so reason number one out of seven. Socialism benefits the few at the expense of the many. Socialism is superior to capitalism in one primary way. It offers more security. It's almost like an extremely expensive insurance policy that dramatically cuts into your quality of life, but ensures that if worse comes to worse, you won't drop below the very minimal lifestyle. For the vast majority of people, this would be a terrible deal. On the other hand, if you're lazy, completely incompetent, or alternatively just have a streak of very bad luck, the meager benefits provided by socialism may be very appealing. So, a socialist society forces the many to suffer in order to make it easier for the few. 
Just as Winston Churchill once noted, the inherent virtue of socialism is the equal sharing of miseries. And that right there <laughs> is a great point. If you have socialism like this, you're going to be having misery. You're not going to actually have any sort of opportunity for, you know, growth or anything like that because the socialist government says, hey, that's unfair if you make more money than somebody else. Okay, second thing. I think. Um, Capitalism encourages entrepreneurship while socialism discourages it. A government is... And yet capitalist economy can quite easily give everyone equal opportunity with a few basic laws and regulations. But socialism strives to create equality of results. This should frighten people who value their freedom because ultimately, as F.A. Hayek has noted, a claim for equality of material position can only be met by government with totalitarian powers. You could see this happening in America as our efforts to reduce inequality have led to an ever-expanding government in a vast regulatory tangle that is most almost unexplainable despite the fact that it is certainly enforceable. Capitalism encourages people to start business, start a business and build a better life for themselves while socialism lays in wait with IRS agents, nooses made of red tape, and meddling bureaucrats looking for businesses to businesses to control and loot. Man, I'm having a hard time today, am I? <laughs> It's like I'm Obama reading my speech. I'm just like it, 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 it. Don't do drugs, kids. Capitalism leads to innovation. That's part number three. Capitalism leads to innovation because coming up with a new with new products is often time consuming, expensive, and a hit or miss. Not ideas fail before the tension takes off. The less creative people, the less creative people behind these ideas are allowed to benefit, the less time, money, and effort they'll put into developing new concepts and inventions. Put another way, the bigger the risk, the bigger the reward has to be to convince people to take it. Capitalism offers big rewards for productive people, while socialism offers makers only a parade of bureaucratic leeches who want to take advantage of their good fortune. Yeah, like... We can see this clearly just now in this society that they're trying to take your stuff for free because you are a productive member of society. Yeah. There's not much to say about this. Like town hall really is really hammering at home. I thought I was laying out a good case, but man, I have a lot to learn. Good thing I'm doing a podcast that nobody listens to because that'd be very embarrassing if I was on a nationally syndicated broadcast. (laughs) Anyway. Capitalism produces more economic growth. Like we did not already know that, but apparently Bernie Sanders doesn't know that either. Capitalism produces considerably more economic growth than socialism. And as John Kennedy said, a rising tide lifts all boats. A fast-growing economy produces more jobs, more wealth, and helps everyone. Many people assume that capitalism isn't working if there are still poor people, but that misses the point. In many parts of the world, poverty means living in a hut with a dirt floor, while in America, most poor pe- Americans have a TV, refrigerators, and cell phones. The rich may take home a larger share of the pie in capitalism, but the poor also benefit tremendously from living in a growing, thriving economy. 
So yes. The poor people are richer than the rest of the world. <laughs> Socialism is too slow to adapt. So capitalism is extremely good at allocating capital where it is most valued. It has to be. Either you give people what they're willing to pay for, or someone else will. And, on the other hand, socialism is slow and stupid for a variety of reasons. Because government is spending somebody else's money, it doesn't get particularly concerned about losing money. Political concerns about appearances often trump the effectiveness of a program. Moreover, even if politicians and bureaucrats are intelligent and competent, which are big ifs, they are simply not going to have the specific knowledge needed to make decisions that may impact thousands of different industries. This is why capitalism may have its share of troubles, but when there are really colossal economic screw-ups, you will always find the government neck deep in the whole mess. Socialism is inherently wasteful. Milton Friedman once said, and actually Milton Friedman is a pretty smart guy, nobody spends somebody else's money as carefully as he spends his own. Nobody uses somebody else's, money, somebody else's resources as carefully as he uses his own. This is very true, and it means that the more capital that is taken out of the economy and distributed, the more of it will be, the more of it that will be wasted. The market does a considerably better job of allocating resources than the government because there are harsh penalties for failure. A company that makes products no one wants will go out of business. A poorly performing government program that wastes a hundred times more money will probably receive a bigger budget next year. And we've seen our budget increased constantly in legislation. Like, honestly, like you've seen it in Trump even was pissed off when he had to sign an even bigger budget because it wouldn't it was it was fiscally unsustainable. But you know, we're on to this last point, okay? And then we're gonna um, we're gonna close it off, I think. Uh, capitalism works in concert with the human with human nature while socialism works against it. And Rand said, well, America said it well. Man, I am Losing it today, guys. And Rand said it well. America's abundance was created not by public sacrifices to the common good, but by the productive genius of free men who pursued their own personal interests and the making of their own private fortunes. They did not starve the people to pay for America's industrialization. They gave the people better jobs, higher wages, and cheaper goods with every new machine they invented. With every scientific discovery or technological advance, and thus the whole country was moving forward in poverty, not suffering every step of the way. But Adam Smith said it even better. It is not from the benevolence of the butcher, the brewer, or the baker that we expect our dinner, but from their regard to their own interest. A man will work much harder to take care of himself, his family, and his friends than he will to make money for the state which will then waste most of it to before redistributing it to people who aren't working as hard as the man who earned it in the first place. If this, if the, I, I, literally, this is why the value of human labor, again, like I said, if you reduce the value of, of human labor, you are reducing our economy, and that is socialism. You're using socialism to reduce the value of labor. And that is, I know it's hard to understand, I know it's hard to believe, but that is the fact of the world. So anyway, 
thanks for listening. I know this is also a short little podcast. I'm just going to start making podcasts. And, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Uh, me trying to actually create subjects for us to listen to, uh, for you guys to listen to. So, um, anyway, uh, the closing statements. Thank you so much for listening to the Conservative Avenue broadcast. This is not really a broadcast. This is more of a podcast, but it's the same thing. Um, go out and vote. Seriously. Vote. And I really recommend you vote Republican if you want to keep your job. Whoever sent these pipe bombs needs to be found now. Seriously. These are horrible people. And God bless you all. And God bless America. Have a good rest of your day, evening, morning. Whatever it is. And we're done. Oh, 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 oh,